Well, somebody in the comments right now, if you serve a great God, give him a great praise. Even now, come on, give me the give me some emojis. Give me the clapping hands. Give me the give me the praise hands. Show me something in the comments to let me know that you do in fact serve a great God. There is nobody. There is nobody. There is no thing. There is nothing in this world that's greater than our God. So if you serve a great God. Uh, I believe that he deserves a great praise. I think that if you serve a decent God, then you uh, would in fact give him a decent praise. I believe that if you serve an okay God, that you should in fact give him an okay praise. But if you serve a great God, I believe that he does deserve a great praise. Amen, amen, amen. We thank God uh, for today. We thank him for th this day, for it is the day he has made. Uh, we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. 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 Uh, let's let's keep it going. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's see it. Let's give God some praise. See, y'all gotta. The, the quarantine has forced y'all to, to become creative. You gotta be. You gotta be creative. You gotta give give God a shout in the comment section every now and then. You you gotta give it to Him in your house and on the comments. You got to. You you, you got to let that thing go. So, uh, we're gonna continue. I believe that there is a word from God, and I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, um, I've been holding on to this. Uh, I've been holding on to this all week. Tried not to dip into it too much at Bible study. Uh, tried, tried not to let too much of it out. Uh, but I'm excited uh, for the word that God has given us today. So uh, what I want you to do is I want you to tap or turn in your Bible, and I want you to go to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 2. St. John, chapter 2. St. John chapter 2. St. John chapter 2. And we're going to start right in the beginning, right at verse 1. Y'all already know we continue in our series, Finding the Cure. Finding the Cure. Uh, and today's message, today's word is coming from St. John chapter 2. We're going back to the New King James Version. Uh, I don't want to hold you long. We're going to be in and out of this thing. I believe that we can be. Uh, efficient in the word of God, which means we're going to get the most done in the least amount of time possible. We're going we're gonna to find the blend between getting the most done in the least amount of time possible. The Bible says that everything should be done decently and in order, so I believe that we can be efficient uh, with the word of God. Let's, let's go forward. It says, on the third day a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Uh, we're going to pray and after we pray, 
Uh, I'm going to talk to you from the subject, the cure for depletion. The cure for depletion. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for another chance, another opportunity to go into your word. Now, God, we're just asking that you will saturate us with your spirit so that we might not just be hearers of your word, but that we would also be doers of your word. God, we're asking you right now that you would uh, start to begin a great work in us even now. God, I'm asking you right now that everyone under the sound of my voice be better at the end of this message than they were when we started. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And it's in that name we say amen. Real quick, right where you are, give God another hand. Real quick. All right. All right, we're going to get down to it. I want to... Uh, I want to preface this message by saying um, there are multiple things that have come, continue to come, uh, and will come out of this uh, quarantine, COVID uh, season that we're in. Okay? And many of what comes out of this uh, are going to be based, many of the things that come out of this are going to be based on the perspective of the person going through it. Okay. What I mean by that is, what I mean by that is, um, you can, you, you, so, the, so we say all the time, the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose, right? So that doesn't mean that everything is good, but it means that God will work it out for our good, right? And so sometimes we have to take on the mentality of God and be able to look at our individual situations and circumstances and say, even though this isn't really good, I'm going to make the best out of it. Okay, so, so what can happen is if we don't have the proper mentality, uh, what comes out of this COVID quarantine season could be all bad. Now, I don't want to minimize the tragedies that have taken place uh, over this season. I don't want to minimize the fact that some of us have lost loved ones due to this vicious virus. I don't want to minimize the fact that some of us didn't lose loved ones due to the virus, but because of the virus, maybe you weren't able to spend time with that loved one before they transition. Uh, so there are some things that have gone on that have been, uh, that have been troublesome. However, your perspective plays a major role uh, in how you come out of this season. And so the reality is, is that some of us have experienced uh, some lack during this season. Uh, it's, 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 it's caused for some of us to use everything we've got uh, just to make it through this season. I gave y'all uh, myself and my wife's testimony uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and from a financial perspective, we used everything we had uh, during this season, uh, I also told you that that uh, the next uh, uh, right after that in Bible study that we, in fact, uh, were dealing with some things uh, uh, in our relationship that God had to bring us through. And we had to work through. Uh, and so and so from an emotional perspective, we were using everything we had to get to this season, uh, to get through this season. 
from a spiritual perspective, going through all of that outside of the church and still having to come in week in and week out uh, to deliver a message to God's people spiritually. It took everything I had to make it through uh, the season. And many of you uh, in, in various ways have aspects of your lives uh, by which you're saying, I don't have anything left. I, I fought the good fight. I gave everything I had, but I don't have anything left. And so, and so what we really need to understand was, uh, uh, what, what we're really admitting is that everything was good. And, and, and now, now I don't have anything left. Let me, let me prove it to you. You see, at the beginning of the quarantine, when we thought this was only going to be a two to four week thing, everybody thought, yeah, uh, yeah uh, the office is closed. I'm going I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a take this two weeks and I'm going to get some rest. Uh, I'm going to clean and organize my house. Okay, now now we passed two, four weeks. Now we're going six to eight weeks. Okay, but that's okay because now uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to save some money because a bunch of stuff is closed and, and I'll be able to save some money and I'll be able to... To, re, uh, to reprioritize some things in my life. Uh, and then we went from six to eight weeks uh, to 12 to 14 weeks. And now uh, we're getting a little nervous. Now things aren't looking so good because, because I'm using everything I've got. I'm using uh, all that I have. And so, and so everything was good to begin with, but now it seems like I don't have anything left. I've, I've tapped out of all my resources. Uh, but but I want I want you to know I want to encourage you that there is in fact a cure. I know that you've been depleted. I know that you feel like you have nothing left. I know that it seems as if you've used all you had. But I want to encourage you today with this text that there is a cure for depletion. I understand that that it, okay maybe maybe my money and my mind is okay, but my energy I, I've used all that I had. Maybe maybe I don't know what your particular circumstance is, but I want you to know that there is a cure for your depletion. It's right here in the text, John chapter two. Uh, I know, I know that this is not uh, the typical perspective by which we look at this, this scripture, uh, but I want to raise some things uh, because I believe that if you take these three things into consideration, that you will in fact find a cure for depletion. Okay. Now, the first thing that I want you to see, and I want you to write this down. I told you on Wednesday, y'all got to start taking notes because because if you hear it and you and you write it, you're more likely to retain it. So I need you to take some notes. Uh, the first thing that I that you need to do uh, to find your cure for depletion is get this: you must invite the master. Okay. You must invite the master. All right. Now, now we, we already we already read the text. So we know that the general plot of this text is that Jesus is at a wedding. They run out of wine. They they're depleted. Okay, Their wine is depleted. They've run out of wine. And now uh, Jesus at the end of this text or by the end of this text will have turned water into wine. So we know that. OK, so we're trying to find the cure for depletion. How did we get from being out of wine to Jesus turning water into wine? That's the goal for today. The first thing you have to do is invite the master. All right. If you look at verses one through four, you'll see on the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan and Galilee. Jesus's mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. 
Okay. Now, so this is what this is what I need you to understand. This is why it's important to invite the master. Some of y'all are wondering, what am I inviting the master to? Uh, and the answer is everything. Uh, you need to have uh, uh, Jesus involved in every aspect of your life. See, here's what happens. Sometimes we can fall under uh, or we can fall victim to being tricked by the enemy. And the enemy will convince us that there's some areas of our lives where we don't really need God. The enemy will trick us and convince us that there's some areas of our lives that this, this, this isn't really a big deal. So I can take care of this myself and I don't really need God to be involved. And we have to be careful not to fall under that trick. We, we have to remember that God needs to be involved in every aspect of our lives. Here's another trick of the enemy. The, another trick of the enemy will have you believing that having God involved in every aspect of your life will cause your life to be boring and no fun. Many, many of you have experienced and maybe you felt this way at some point in your life, but many of you have experienced dealing with a person that says, I don't want to give my life to Christ. I don't want to subscribe to Christianity because I like to have fun and, and being a Christian, you know, you can't do nothing. Uh, you, you can't go nowhere. Uh, you can't have no fun. Uh, but but I came to 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 dispel that myth. And let you know that that I've had some of the best times of my life since I've completely committed and sold out to God. Uh, and so and so the enemy will trick you into thinking uh, that you're that you are uh, possibly missing out on some experiences if God is not involved in every area of your life. But the text teaches us that that Jesus and his disciples. So Jesus and some believers were invited to the party. Now, that's important for you to understand because from a societal and historical standpoint a wedding at this particular time in this particular region was the biggest party that you could ever attend it, it, it was it was the most festive celebration that you would ever experience and so they're having the biggest party of their lives and they make it a point get this not only to invite Jesus but his mama and his disciples so they invite the master and some other believers and they having themselves a good old time with Jesus being right there and there's nowhere in the text where Jesus is shutting down the party being a party pooper uh, 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 stopping anybody from having fun Jesus is right there in the midst of the party and everybody seems to still uh, be having a good time. Uh, so what you have to understand is that it's important for you to invite the master because anything that you attempt to do without Christ will always fall in lack. You will never fully succeed or maximize in anything if Christ is not involved, especially for the believer, because you know better. Okay, so anything that you attempt to do uh, without without the involvement uh, and the instruction of Christ will never reach its full potential. You will always find yourself in lack when 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 you don't involve Christ. And so what here here's here's what happens. Let me let me put it to you this way. Anytime you have anything going on, and I'll prove it to you right here in the text. Give me just a second. Anytime you have anything going on, any aspect of your life, it's important that you invite the master because get this. Jesus's presence will always give presence. One more time. 
Jesus's presence will always give presence. Okay. All right. Here's what you got to understand. Anything that Jesus is involved in succeeds. Okay. So, 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 and the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So anything that Jesus is involved in is, is going to succeed. So his, his being there, his presence, uh, automatically gives you, uh, presence. Okay. It automatically gives you gifts. Just him being there. Watch this. Jesus being in a room changes the whole dynamic. Let me prove it to you. If you go a few chapters over John chapter 11, what you'll find is the story of Lazarus and Lazarus has two sisters, Martha and Mary and Lazarus becomes sick. But Lazarus and Jesus have a real good relationship. They like really, really friends, uh, not just Facebook friends, but they like really know each other and they're really friends. And so Lazarus gets sick and Martha and Mary send for Jesus and Jesus doesn't come right away because he understands that there is a plan that God has to execute and so when Jesus finally does show up uh, Lazarus's sister runs out and says Jesus I'm I, I mean I appreciate you for coming but you too late had you been here my brother would not have died he she didn't say if you would have been here you could have healed him she didn't say if you would have been here you could have laid hands on him she said if you would have been here he would not have died because Jesus is in fact the bread of life so death cannot take place in the presence of life and so they understood that jesus's presence was enough for the gift of life okay all right that's not enough for you there there are some people there's some disciples in the middle of the sea in the middle of a storm on a boat jesus is at the bottom of the boat sleep and they think that they're going to perish. But what they forgot was before they got in the boat, Jesus gave specific instruction and said, let us now go to the other side. Because Jesus had already told them, let's go to the other side. It was a guarantee that they had to make it to the other side. But what what, what sealed the guarantee was the fact that Jesus was on the boat with them. So Jesus could not have possibly died in the storm because Jesus' goal was to die on the cross. So because Jesus is on the boat, it grants them a level, a gift, a, a, a gifting of security. Because when Jesus is involved, it changes the whole dynamic. I mean, I'm telling you, when Jesus is involved, you 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 can you can go right on down there, you can go right on down there to JJ's or caplingers or wherever you like to go get you a two piece and five pieces of bread and jesus will feed the entire city because when jesus is involved it changes the dynamic of the whole situation so you automatically give yourself a win in life by making sure that the master is invited to every aspect of your life if you want to overcome lack if you want to overcome deficit if you want to overcome depletion if you want to overcome debt yeah i mean debt uh uh uh, if you want to overcome these things, you have to make sure that the master is invited uh, to those areas. Because what we do a lot of times is we want to call Jesus to the party after the party has gone wrong. But if you invite Jesus to the party beforehand, Jesus is already in place to take care of whatever needs you might have. So the first thing that you need to do in order to cure your depletion is, in fact, invite the master. All right. Next thing. Here's the next thing you got to do. The next thing you got to do is uh, after you've invited the master, we're not just inviting him for nothing. The next thing, the reason why you invite him is because you know that he can do something about your situation. So we invite the master and then we expect a miracle. 
Okay, we invite the master and then we expect a miracle. Okay, we, we didn't we didn't just invite him just because uh, his being there uh, will bring notoriety. No, we invited him because there is an expectation of him. We invited him because we understand uh, the power that his presence brings. We invited him for a reason. Look at verses five and six. Verses five and six say his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used for, uh, by the Jews for ceremonial washing each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Now, here's what you got to understand. Jesus's mother, Jesus's mother goes to him and says, listen, they don't run out of wine. Jesus's response, woman, why are you bothering me with this? My hour has not yet come. Uh, Mary's response is not to Jesus. Mary's response is, in fact, to the servants. And Mary says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Okay, uh, so 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 Mary is really teaching us. Mary is really teaching us that that if you have an expectation of God, if you have an expectation of God, his word says that he has to exceed your expectation. Let me prove it to you. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. So if we have an expectation of him now, here's what we got to understand. Just because we have an expectation doesn't mean we should expect him to do things the way we want him to. But what God can and will do is exceed our expectations. So what that looks like is we may have gone to God asking him for a thing or asking him to do a thing or to do it in a certain way. And he exceeds our expectations. And when he does it, we look back on it and say, I never even thought about doing it that way. But God, that's even better than what I came up with. That's the that, that's exceeding your expectations. So we have to go into uh, life, go into life circumstances with an expectation that God will, in fact, keep his word. We have to go into life circumstances believing that he will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. We have to go into life circumstances believing that 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 as long as we uh, are focused on on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that everything else will be added unto to us we 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 have to believe uh, that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory we 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 need a level of expectation now what mary does is mary says listen she says i have i i'm i'm expecting a miracle now here's what blessed me about mary because mary has the boldness to expect a miracle when there is no biblical proof that she's ever seen one Theologians everywhere agree that this is, in fact, Jesus's first miracle. As a matter of fact, Jesus response to Mary's request is that my hour has not yet come. It's not even time for me to start working miracles just yet. Mary goes and asks Jesus for something she's never seen done. Yeah, see, see, sometimes sometimes we mess up in our lives because our expectations are too low. We only believe God for what we've seen him do for somebody else. But 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 there's something that comes with a boldness that has the audacity to ask God for something that I've never seen before. I saw something on Facebook that really blessed me. It said, uh, it said, it, it don't quote me, but it says something to the effect of uh, everybody laughed at Noah until it started raining. 
because because Noah believed the word of God, even though what God was talking about was something he never seen before. You got to get to a place where you can believe God for something you've never even seen before. So Mary has the audacity to ask Jesus for a miracle, even though there is no biblical proof that she's ever seen Jesus work a miracle. But here's what she knew. Mary knew that there was something put down inside of her. <laughs> y'all gotta wake up Mary knew that there was something put down inside of her because, because Jesus was born by immaculate conception so Mary knew that there was something inside of her that came out of her Jesus literally physically came out of her she said I've got enough of you in me to know what you're capable of Somebody ought to really be able to share that testimony to say, I've been trusting God long enough that I know what he's capable of. I got enough of his spirit in me to know what he's capable of. And even though I've never seen him do it, I know that he's able to do it. Even though I've never asked him for it, I know that he has the ability for it. I am expecting a miracle. You got to get to a point where you are expecting a miracle. And so here's what it is. Mary goes and asks Jesus for this miracle because the couple has run out of wine the wedding party has in fact run out of wine now here's the thing the Bible also does not tell us that that the wedding party knew that the wine was gone okay there, there's nothing in scripture that implies that the wedding party knew that the wine was gone because if anybody has ever been to a wedding, you know that the wedding party sits at the elevated table and they generally don't have to get up to get anything and people will serve them. Uh, so the wedding party, it's not likely that they even knew that the wine was gone because the last thing you want to do is to let the wedding party know that you didn't bring enough of what you were supposed to bring. So what we got to do is figure out how to fix this thing before they figure out there's a problem okay so 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 the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this is just a side note is because Mary has enough wherewithal and Mary has enough spiritual maturity that she's willing to ask Jesus for something that doesn't have anything to do with her the wedding party don't even know that there's been a depletion. The wedding party don't even know that all the wine is gone. And Mary asked for something on their behalf that they don't even know they need. It's important and imperative that you have people invited to your life, invited to your party, invited to your space that are not afraid, ashamed or jealous enough that they won't pray on your behalf even when you don't see the need for yourself. I'm talking about the fact that you just so in love with this joker that you can't even tell that he ain't no good or or, or the fact that you've been chasing this girl and you can't tell that all she's trying to do is get her bills paid. You just so head over heels that you can't even see what's going on. You need some in your party that can pray for you when you ain't got enough sense to pray for yourself you need somebody you need somebody in your party that got a spirit like your mama and your grandmama and when they see that you just out here spending money you ain't saving nothing you ain't doing nothing and you just out here doing your thing and and, and they know that God I know they're gonna come and ask me for some money at the end of the month I know it but I'm gonna pray for them anyway you gotta have some people invited to your space invited to your party that can see some things going on in your life and be able to pray for you even when you can't see 
see them for yourself. So she expects a miracle. Mary expects a miracle. Get this, not for herself, but for somebody else who don't even know there's a problem. I want you to know that day in and day out, regardless of who you are, where you are, what you do, that I am praying for you, even though you might not know that there's a problem. And I'm going to pull it to you this way. I don't even know what your problems are. I don't even care. All I know is I want God to show himself strong in your life. You got to have some people that are willing to pray on your behalf, willing to ask God for some amazing things for you, even though it doesn't benefit them. Now, I got to give y'all this. We, 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 we got to, we got to move. We got to move, but I got to give you this before I go to point three. I got to give you this, uh, back in, back in, uh, March of 2019 when we started. Uh, so there's a few things that, that, that you all will hear me consistently say over and over and over again. Okay. There are a few things you'll always hear me say. Now, if you, if you are a member of abundant faith, y'all know how to answer this question. What is the first qualification for a miracle? An impossible situation. If you're a member of Abundant Faith, you know this. I've said this over and over, and I'll continue to say it. Since we started in March of 2019, I've said it almost every week that the first qualification for a miracle is, in fact, an impossible situation. Now, we've been saying that since March of 2019. Here it is, August of 2020. So we got to grow a little bit. So I got to give you the next qualification for a miracle because some of y'all have been saying, Pastor, I done been in some impossible situations since March of last Last year and, and I still ain't really seen the miracle that I've been looking for and, and, and I trust that you're a man of God I trust that you're hearing from God Pastor. I'm not calling you no liar but I'm just saying that I didn't have some impossible situations and I've not yet I've not yet seen the miracle that I've been expecting uh, from God so let me give you the second qualification for a miracle the first thing you need is an impossible situation but the second thing you need is an empty vessel all right all right. I, I told y'all, I told y'all that, that, that the Bible says that God is a jealous God. He, he refuses to share space. Uh, and so and so what will happen is God, you will ask God for a miracle, but God will say, I can't give you the miracle because I don't have enough room to work. Uh, he, he says, he says, I need you. I need you to empty some stuff out. I need you to empty some space out because I need room to work. He says, uh, look at look at verse six. It says nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used uh, by the Jews for the ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Now, here's what you got to understand. The, these these vases, these jars have absolutely nothing to do with wine. But what God will do is God will use unrelated instruments to release your miracle. Yeah, I told you, I told you he'll, he'll go above and beyond what you thought. Uh, so so when they were asking for wine, uh, they thought Jesus was going to start popping some bottles. But Jesus didn't pop no bottles. Jesus said, I want you to go get those those empty jars. I want you to go get those empty vessels. He says, he says, I need you. He says, I need you to go get what's empty. Uh, he says, he says, he says, and, and I need you to understand that even though this is not what this is normally used for. I can use anything I want or anyone I want for whatever I want. How about this? That's what makes it a miracle. Yeah, it, it, it's a miracle that I'm standing before you today because I was raggedy. <laughs> that, that's, that's what makes it a miracle. 
Yeah, it, 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 it's a miracle. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle because because God used something unlikely uh, to, to carry out his will. That's that's what makes it. That's what makes it a miracle. And so and so if if you're going to expect a miracle from God, what I would suggest that you do uh, as you raise your expectations, that you also lower your feeling. You you gotta you gotta empty yourself. You gotta empty yourself. Uh, you gotta empty you gotta empty some stuff, and you gotta realize that that when I want God to do a thing in one area of my life, I have to be prepared in all areas of my life because sometimes God will bless one area. Get this, uh, my cup runneth over. Sometimes God will bless your your prayer was for the was for the saucer and for the table, but God bless your cup and the overflow that runs out of the cup is what's gonna bless your saucer and your table. So sometimes what God will do is he will bless one area of your life to affect another area of your life so even though Jesus is invited even though you have an expectation you also have to be willing to empty yourself uh, in some areas of your life even when they're seemingly unrelated all right we got to keep going we got to keep going because uh, I because I want y'all to get to I want to get y'all to this third point uh, uh, I want to get y'all to this third point. The first thing, you got to invite the master. Second thing, you're expecting a miracle. So we're not inviting him for nothing. We're, we're inviting him because there is an expectation of him. So we've invited the master. We're expecting a miracle. The last thing we must do is obey the message. The last thing we must do is obey the message. Here's what we do sometimes. Sometimes what we do is what we'll invite uh, God into our lives. We'll invite the master uh, to, to these spaces of our lives and we'll have an expectation of him and we believe God for what he can do and, 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 we, and we're trusting God for what he can do. And then when God gives us the instruction, everything seems to fall apart. Because 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 we've decided that the instruction that God has given doesn't match what I'm asking for. Okay, y'all not gonna talk to me. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because when you had the expectation for God to work, you also set an expectation for the method. But God said, I don't need you to have an expectation for the method. I'll take care of the method. All you gotta do is obey it. So, so, so you got to obey what God is saying to you. What good is it for you to invite Jesus to your party, to have an expectation of him and then not obey what he tells you? OK, so so you got to obey the message. Let's look at verses seven through ten real quick and then we're going to wrap up. This is all I got. If you ain't got it by now, I don't know what to tell you. So Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Y'all didn't catch that. We're going to go back for it. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who drawn who had drawn the water uh, knew, then he called to the bride. He called the bridegroom aside and said, "Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after. Uh, after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now." Okay, now. Here's what you got to understand. That was a mouthful. That was a lot of reading. But here's what you got to understand. You got to understand it was right there in the text that Jesus doesn't do what he does until he sees obedience. So a lot of times we're waiting on God to move in our lives. And in reality, God is saying, no, I'm waiting on you. You, you, you got to show me that you're that you're willing to obey the instruction that I'm giving you. 
Okay, so 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 Jesus doesn't do, do what he does until he sees obedience. Now, this is what you got to understand. Jesus required that what was used be empty. We just went through that. Jesus required that what was used be empty. Okay, because they had empty jars that were used uh, for ceremonial cleansing. There were empty jars, empty vases that were used for ceremonial cleansing. Uh, I want you to write this down real quick. I want you to write this down real quick. Jesus doesn't use what's qualified. He used what's available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so the problem is, the problem is we're waiting for God to qualify us to do a thing. We're waiting for God to qualify a circumstance. We're waiting for God to qualify a situation. And really what God is saying is it has nothing to do with your circumstance. It has nothing to do with your issues. It has nothing to do with where you're trying to go. It really doesn't have anything to do with how you're trying to get there. The bottom line is you have not made yourself available to me. Y'all don't like when I talk like this. Y'all don't like it. Y'all don't like it. Jesus says, Jesus says, he says, I don't need, I understand that these jars are used for one thing, but I'm going to use them for something else. Not because they're the right thing to use, but because they're available. They're already empty, so I can put whatever I want in it because it's already empty. If there was anything left in it, it would be contaminated. If, if the jars weren't empty, Jesus would be turning foot washing water into wine. But because they're empty, because here's, hold on, thank you, Holy Ghost. The reason why they were ceremonial cleansing jars in the first place is because that's what they had been used for. They were only considered that because that's what they were used for. I need y'all to really get this. I need y'all to understand. I need y'all to, I need y'all to understand what's going on. If, if they would have gone to the store and bought those and used them for Tupperware, then we would be reading that these jars were used for Tupperware. We're only reading that they were used for ceremonial cleansing because they were used for ceremonial cleansing. But because they're empty, now they're available to be used for whatever's necessary. <laughs> You, you, you thought that getting down to nothing was an attack of the enemy? You, you, you thought that God allowing you to use everything you had and have nothing left was an attack of the enemy when really God is saying, no, I had to empty you out because once you're empty, I can use you for whatever I want. I don't use what's qualified. I use what's available. All right. All right. So 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 they take the jars, they take the jars, they fill them up with water. And Jesus says, Jesus says, now draw some out. Okay. I, I really wish I really wish we're going we gonna to have to we're going to have to do something. Uh, maybe we're going to have to have nine o'clock coffee hour uh, before service start, because I need I need I really need y'all to wake up. Jesus says, fill the jars. He says, I want you to take the time. Now, these is 20, 30 uh, gallon jars. Uh, so so these these jars were made out of clay. Clay, clay is not is not light. Clay is heavy. And then these jars are 20 to 30 gallon uh, uh, jars so that are filled with water. And we know water is not light either. So you take these heavy jars with this heavy water and Jesus says, fill them up. And we done done all this work. We done filled these jars up. And now Jesus says, okay, now take some out. 
here it is. Here it is. The reason why you're in lack is because you've been trying to pour out of an empty vessel. You, you can't give from a space that God has not filled. You, you, you trying to give spiritual advice to some family members because they see you go to church every week, but, but you can't give real advice because that's the only time you open your Bible. I'll just go and talk to this wall right here because y'all not trying to hear nothing. I got to say, you, you, you trying to, you trying to pour, you trying to pour out of something that you have not filled up. So we're talking about a cure for depletion. How about maybe if we sit down sometimes and just be quiet and allow God to fill us up that we'll find we're not really in lack. We're just mismanaging what we have. Okay. All right. All right. So Jesus says, take some out. So he says, take some out. Uh, and so and so then he says, don't just take it out. But he says, give some to the master. Oh, y'all get, oh, y'all getting nervous. He says, take, he says, I've given you what you asked for. And I've given you more than what you asked for. Now I want you to take some out and give it to the master. <laughs> oh, y'all don't like this because y'all think I'm about to start talking about money. Y'all, oh, y'all. Mm, let me see. Let me make sure ain't the views ain't going down because y'all be acting funny. He says, take some out. And he says, give some to the master. He says, give some to the master. Now, now I ain't even, I could, I could, I promise you I could, but I ain't even great go there. This ain't even got nothing to do with money. Uh, what I wanna, want y'all to understand is the part that y'all missed is that Jesus says, I want you to take out what I've given you and I want you to give some to the master. All right. Then, then, uh, what, where we at? Where we at? Verse nine, verse nine, the end of verse nine, it says, then he called the master, called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. OK. All right. See, y'all, y'all missed this whole thing. Y'all missed this whole thing. Don't worry about it because I missed it, too. That's why I'm teasing y'all because I missed it, too. So that's all right. OK. So Jesus, Jesus says, fill it up. Now draw some out and take it to the master. Get this. Get this. Uh, the Bible says that the master and the groom are not the same person. Because the master pulled the groom to the side to compliment the wine that he just had. <laughs> so, 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 so Jesus works this miracle. Now, now, now in our minds, he works this miracle for the bride and groom. But then he says, after I work the miracle, I want you to give some, I want you to give some to the master. And so we automatically assume that the master would be the groom. But the Bible says that the master pulls the groom aside so the master and the groom can't possibly be the same people. Okay. All right. So, so, so uh, the point that I'm making is, the point that I'm making is, uh, this is, this is representative of the dynamic that we must have with God because Jesus comes into our lives and Jesus works miracles in our lives. And then Jesus says, from what I blessed you with, I need you to take to I need you to take that to the master and let the master deal with the groom. OK, all right. So 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 what happens is what happens is uh we lack sometimes uh, we're in depletion and deficit and debt sometimes because 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 
because God won't allow for Jesus to grant us the miracle because he knows that when we get the miracle, we won't take the first of the miracle and give it to the master. Because because if, if, if Jesus grants the miracle and we receive the miracle and give first of the miracle to the master, then the master will make sure that the groom gets what he wants. With the groom ain't even important. Y'all know how weddings work. The groom ain't even important. Uh, what, what we trying to understand, what, what I need you to understand is that uh, let, let me let me. Let me bring it back to money just so y'all understand what's happening. When when people say, I don't give my money to the church, I don't know what they're doing um, with my money, I don't know. Okay, all right, listen. The, the bottom line is that God has blessed you with provision. God has blessed you with, with a means uh, to make ends meet. God has blessed you with financial blessings. And so he's filled you up in a way. And so your responsibility is to take the first of that and give it to the master and let the master decide how it's distributed. So your job is not to determine how it's distributed. Your job is to make sure that it gets. Okay. All right. So, so Jesus says, Jesus says, now draw some out and get it to the master. The master then takes the groom aside and says, listen, listen, he says, he says, I don't, I don't been, I don't been to a lot of weddings. I don't been to a lot of parties and I, and I don't have some good times, but this right here, I've never seen anything like this because at your wedding, at your party, uh, uh, you save the best wine for last. See, normally what they do is they put the best wine out first, let everybody get drunk and then bring out the cheap stuff. Cause once you drunk, it all tastes the same. Uh, but, but, but here's what it is. Uh, this is something else in the text that I never recognized. The master says that normally people will bring the best wine out first allow people to get drunk then bring out the cheap wine because once you're drunk it all tastes the same but it's because the master can taste the difference that means the master's not <laughs> oh man okay uh so so get this get this get this while you worried about how the master is distributing miracles understand that you ain't doing him no favors because he's not been intoxicated by your gifts because they all came from him anyway. Oh, all right. All right. All right. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't going to stay there. We ain't going to say. So listen, he says, you bring, I don't, I don't been, we, we can't stay on that. He says, I don't been to a lot of places. I don't been to a lot of parties. And normally they say they, they, they bring out the best wine first. He says, but you have brought the best wine for last. Okay. Now, now um, I got two minutes to make this point. Okay. So they say, they say, the master says, uh, uh, you saved the best for last. Now, here's what you got to understand before you have before you can really have an appreciation for the fact that he served the best wine for last. It's important that you understand and remember how they got wine in the first place. OK, and in order in order to get wine, in order to get wine, three things must happen. Something has to be picked. Something has to be crushed. And then it has to be fermented. It's got to be chosen. It's got to be crushed. And then it's got to wait. It, 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 must, it must be picked, crushed, and fermented. It, it has to be chosen. It has to be crushed. And then it has to wait. Okay. All right. So, so, so in order... 
in order to have wine at all, in order to have wine at all, uh, there something must be chosen. Grapes, olives, something. Something has to be chosen. Uh, uh, whatever, whatever you choose. If you go to a winery, you'll find that they make wine out of all kind of stuff. That, that whatever you choose, something, something has to be chosen. And then once it's chosen, it has to be crushed. And 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 at this time, it wasn't just crushed, but it was actually literally stepped on. So something has to be chosen, something has to be stepped on, and then it has to be fermented, which means it has to go through a waiting season. Okay, all right. So, 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 so here's here's what happened. Here's what happened. This is why this this is why this miracle is so amazing because Jesus really gives us a two for one on the miracles. Because the first miracle, the first miracle is really not the fact that he turned water into wine. The first miracle is really the fact that he was able to make wine instantly. Okay. All right. Because because the process for getting wine is that something must be picked, something must be crushed, and something must be fermented. But Jesus says, all you got to do is fill it up and I'll give it to you instantly. Okay. All right. All right. So, so the reason why this, the reason why uh, uh, this was better than the first batch of wine is because of step one, because Christ was involved. <laughs> see, see, see the wine, the first wine that went out was the wine that they bought at the store in preparation for the wedding. But the second wine that they brought out came directly from the master. So the reason why this wine was better than the first wine is because the first wine didn't involve Jesus. All right. All right. Here, here, here's, here's, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Jesus instantly turns water into wine. So Jesus, Jesus, uh, th this is what happens. Uh, when Jesus is involved and Jesus is the one doing the picking and Jesus is the one doing the crushing and Jesus is the one doing the fermenting, you will, you, you will, uh, automatically go from lack to abundance. You, you, when Jesus is the one doing the picking, when Jesus is the one doing the crushing, when Jesus is the one doing the fermenting, you will automatically go from not enough to too much. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let, let, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me walk you through. Let me walk you through. Cause y'all don't believe it. Y'all don't believe it. Y'all think I'm just telling y'all some pipe dreams. Let me, um, let me tell you, tell it to you like this. Uh, uh. Uh, the children of Israel were wandering around uh, in the wilderness. And so once they decided that they were going to be obedient to God and God was going to allow them to go into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. It, it, that wasn't even the amazing part about the prom promised land. The fact that it was flowing with milk and honey. The amazing part is that when when Moses sent in the spies, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, listen, they got grapes as big as our heads. Because when you decide to be obedient to God, God, God will automatically take you from eating uh, manna in the wilderness to having grapes as big. 
Okay. All right. Y'all don't like that. Okay. So, so David, David has an experience. David has an experience. Uh, and, and, and David is a shepherd. And so while he's keeping the sheep, he has an encounter with both a lion and a bear and he defeats the lion and the bear. And then he has an encounter with a giant. And, and, and so, and so the people around David thought that because the giant was bigger than the lion and the bear, that David couldn't possibly have enough to win. So Saul then tries to give David his armor. David says, I can't do this. All I need is my sling and five smooth stones. Where am I going with this? David picked up five of them, but he only used one because when you trust in God, he'll take your not enough and make it more than enough. See, that, that, that you, you got you to gotta really be able to understand. You got to really be able to understand where, where, where we're coming from. You got to understand that, that, Gideon, that Gideon was taken down to 300 fighters to go against 150,000 and, and God took his not enough and made it more than enough and gave them victory and they never had to throw a punch. You got to understand that when Jesus does the picking, the crushing and the fermenting, that that that, that you automatically go uh, from not enough to more than enough. You, you got to be able to understand. But but here it is. Here it is. None of that takes place without their obedience. So let's circle back. What's the first thing that qualifies you for a miracle? You need an impossible situation. The next thing you need to qualify for a miracle is an empty vessel. And the third thing, third thing you can take take this through the rest of the year. Uh, we growing. We can't just keep saying the same stuff over and over again. We got to build on it. The third thing that you need in order to qualify for a miracle is obedience. There was a lame man who was lame for 38 years, lame by the pool of Bethesda. Jesus says, would you be made whole? He says, I would. But every time I try to get into the water, somebody beats me to it. Jesus says, I didn't ask you what your issues was. I asked you, did you want to be made whole? The man says, yes, please make me whole. Jesus says, take up your bed and walk. If the man was never obedient, he would still be lame by the pool. Jesus takes a blind man, he spits in the dirt and makes clay and makes mud, puts it on the man's eyes, tell the man to go wash your eyes in the pool. If the man never goes to wash his eyes on the pool, he could have left that clay right on there. He couldn't see to begin with. If he was never obedient, he would never be able to. See, 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 what, what, what I'm trying to get you to understand is I went the long way around to say all of this. If you want to cure your depletion, if you want to cure your deficit, the first thing you need to do is involve Jesus a little bit more. You got to invite the master. Then you got to raise your expectations and start expecting some miracles. And then you got to be willing to obey the message because you got to be able to resolve within yourself. Even though this sounds crazy, Lord, I will trust you at all times. God, I will believe you. I will trust you even when I can't trace you. You got to be able to get to a place where you say, Jesus, I'll invite you and I'll raise my expectation and I'll even be obedient because you've done too much for me up until this point for me to start doubting you now. You got to be able to get to a place where you begin to invite Jesus into your life, raise your expectation and obey his message because you said, Jesus, if I saw you do it for my mama, I know that you can do it for me. You got to get to a point where you start to invite Jesus into spaces of your life, raise your expectation and obey the message because you said, Jesus, I trust that your word is true. And you said that you would never leave me nor forsake me. You got to get to a place where you begin to invite the master into spaces of your life, raise your expectation and obey the message because you've decided to believe the word that says, if God be for me, then he's more than the world against me. You got to get to a place in your life where you invite the master into your space, raise your expectation and obey the
the message because you understand that even though all things aren't good, that God will turn them around for my good as long as I stay in his purpose. You got to get to a place where you invite the master into spaces of your life, raise your expectation and obey the message because if God is doing for the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, what more than would he do for you? You got to get to a place where you've decided that God, I will no longer live in depletion. I will no longer live in lack. I will no longer live in deficit, not because of anything that I'm doing, but because I've decided to invite you into every aspect of my life, raise my expectation and obey whatever it is you tell me to do. The blessing in the text is that Mary says to the servants, she asks Jesus a question. She doesn't ask anybody else for permission. Jesus answers her question. She never addressed Jesus's answer, starts talking to the servant and says, I've raised my expectation and he has to meet it. So whatever he tells you to do, do it. Let me encourage somebody today. Whatever it is that God has been encouraging you to do during this time, I know it seems like you don't have enough, but he emptied you out just to be able to fill you up. Whatever it is that God is encouraging you to do, God is instructing you to do, God is telling you to do in these unsure times, all you have to do is be obedient and watch God work. Is there anybody in here that can attest to the fact that even when it didn't look like I had enough, that my obedience allowed for God to fill me with some stuff that I didn't have to begin with and he was able to show himself strong in my life. I wish somebody would help me out and share this content and tell somebody that if you've been missing something in your life, the only three things you need to do is invite the master into your life, raise your expectation for a miracle and obey the message that he's given you and I promise you I know I've experienced them for myself that everything will be all right. Right there in the comments, give God some praise. Right there, put your hands together. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your spirit. And God, we thank you for this moment. Now, God, we're just asking that you would not allow for these words to fall on deaf ears. But we believe you when you said that your word will accomplish everything it was sent out to do. So, God, we're praying that lives be changed. We're praying that doors be open. We're praying that ways be made. We're praying that vision be granted. God, we're praying that you would get the glory out of our lives. God, and we're asking you not just out of habit. We're asking you not just out of religion, but we're asking you because we believe you for it. God, we believe you. We have the audacity. We have we 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 we, we have we have uh, the recklessness to believe you for some crazy stuff. God, we're just asking that your will be done. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, and it's in that name we say, Amen. Listen, I want to talk to you real quick. I want to talk to you. Uh, we said that the first step to, to curing your depletion, to curing your deficit and your lack is to invite the master into your life. That instruction is, 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 is important most for anybody that's listening that does not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. I promise you, I promise you that if you make the decision to give your life to Christ, that it will be the best decision you've ever made in your life.
Don't believe what they tell you all. You ain't going to have no fun. You don't, don't believe it. Because I'm a living testimony that God has been good to me. And when I decided to sell out for him, that I've been having the best time of my life. Even in hard times, I've had the best time. So if that's you and you want to, you, you want to rectify that, you want to, to, to come uh, in relationship with Jesus Christ, you want the spirit of God to live in you. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. We're going to pray with you. I want you to pray this prayer. God, I thank you. I thank you for giving me a way out. Because I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. God, I believe that you sent your only begotten Son to die on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you raised him up on the third day. Now, God, I'm asking you to come into my life to come into my heart and to change me and make me new. Now, I want you to know, I want you to know that if you've prayed that prayer, that you have secured your space in heaven. And I want to welcome you to the family of faith. I promise you it's the best decision you've ever made. Right? Now, for those of you uh, who are listening right now, uh, and maybe uh, maybe you just now in this moment gave your life to Christ, or, or, or maybe maybe you gave your life to Christ a long time ago, uh, but but you understand that God is transitioning you, uh, and that the Spirit of God is telling you that abundant faith is your church home. This is your new home, and you want to make it official. Uh, this is what I want you to do. If y'all could put the number on the screen, I want you to text the the word family to the number on your screen. Text the word family to the number on your screen and we'll make it official. We'll link up together and we'll get get together officially uh, where you can be a member of Abundant Faith. All right. Now, I also want you to know that you can text your prayer request to that number uh, and our prayer team will be praying with you and praying for you. You can remain confidential. Uh, you, you can you can remain anonymous. Uh, you don't have to say your name. Just say what you want us to pray for, who and what you want us to pray for. And our prayer team will pray for you and pray with you. All right. All right. I want you to do that. If you want to join the Abundant Faith uh, family, just text the word family to 317-520-1892. Uh, and we'll take care of the rest. All right. Okay. All right. We're going to get ready. We're going to get ready to go down from here. Um, I got a couple of quick announcements for you. I got a couple of quick announcements for you. Many of you have noticed uh, that everybody that you've seen on your camera today uh, has been wearing FaithWorks apparel. And so we want to encourage you. Uh, we want to encourage you to support uh, the FaithWorks line. Every piece of FaithWorks apparel uh, that you purchase uh, helps us to feed a family. We've committed to buying at least $200 uh, a month and groceries to feed families this month uh, uh, for the rest of the year. All right. So we'll be feeding uh, at least two families. We'll be buying a hundred dollars worth of groceries for at least two families uh, for the rest of each month for the rest of the year. Uh, and so every time you support the FaithWorks brand, you're helping us to accomplish that goal. All right. 
So we want you to be diligent with that. You can um, you can find us on 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 our uh, website. We'll put the website up for you uh, so that you can get there. Uh, it's very easy. Listen, y'all been shop. Don't 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 play me. Y'all been shopping online for the last six months because you can't go nowhere. So don't act like y'all know how to shop online. OK, uh, so we're going to put we're going to put the link up for you uh, for you to be able to purchase. Uh, OK, so we got it. It'll be in the comment section as well as pinned uh, to the top of the uh, of the broadcast. Uh, you can click that link uh, and you can purchase your faith works apparel. Uh, to help us in our goal. Also, I want to remind you all that we will be having another gathering. We'll be right back out in the backyard. Uh, I believe the date is September 6th, the first Sunday of September uh, at 4 p.m. Uh, and 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 we're going to do it bigger and better uh, than, uh, than August. Okay, we got some other things in store that we're going to add uh, and we're going to do it bigger and better than we did even in August. And we had us a good old time uh, in August. So I want you to prepare uh, to, to meet us here at 4 p.m. Uh, on September the 6th for our our gathering. Uh, we will have communion together, uh, and we're just going to have us some good fellowship, and, and, and we're going to have us a good time in the Lord. All right? All right. I think that's it. We got Faith Works. We got the gathering. Is that everything? All right. If you tuned in late, thank you. If you tuned in late, uh, if you got here a little late and and but you were blessed by the message and you've been blessed by this ministry. Uh, the Bible says that that where your heart is, is where your treasure will be also. Uh, so if God is blessing your heart through this ministry, we would ask uh, that you would bless God uh, through through your giving. And so if you've not had an opportunity to give that, you can do so virtually uh, at Cash App, dollar sign, Abundant Faith Church. Uh, and we would uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, and, and also we want you to receive whatever blessing God has tied to your obedience. Okay. All right. All right. I think that's it. I want all of y'all to know uh, whether you're watching this live or whether you're going to be watching this on playback. I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart, I love you. I love you. Um, and I wish that we could uh, that we could be together more uh, and that we could get together more. But we want to be obedient uh, and we want to use wisdom. Uh, and God, God will make a way. He'll He'll clean everything up, and we'll be able to do that again. Uh, but I just want you to know uh, that I that I love each and every last one of you. Let's get ready to go down from here. Uh, we'll get ready to. I don't know. Some of y'all gonna tune in to another church service. Some of y'all gonna eat. I'm I'm gonna eat. So uh, let's get ready to get on up out of here uh, and, and be obedient. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again uh, for this gathering. We thank you once again for this fellowship. Now, God, we ask that you would dismiss us from this service, dismiss us from this stream, but never from your sight. God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor. And it's in Jesus.